Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Would you like to contribute to the conversation? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What condition conversation was in? Jay talking with Bradley Jay. I listen to morning with the sun up. I'm busy. WBZ News Radio 1030. I tune my radio to AM 1030. The radio's all yours now. I talk to a man whose name is Bradley J. Improved my mind in a wonderful way. I just called in to see what condition conversation was in. Yeah. BZ, you're Jay talking live, midnight to five. We're with Michael Mobs. He's a sustainability expert and off the grid guy, a survivalist, if you will, but he's not hunkering down against the uh, socialist uh, Armageddon. He's hunkering down against uh, climate catastrophe. How you doing, sir? Pretty good. I'm it's glad funny you're day with here us. in Sydney, Australia. I'm glad to have you with us. So. Can you give us, as before we begin, kind of an overview of, of where you're at and what you're doing about it? I'm talking to you on a sunny day in Sydney in my uh, 1894 two-story terrace, about half an hour walk from Sydney Opera House, and all is well. What I did, though, when the kids were young, in 1996, we needed a bigger kitchen and bathroom, and... Um, in that three-month renovation, I disconnected the inner city terrace from the town water, the town sewer, and I put in solar panels. I think a lot of the builders on the site thought I was a bit crazy, and they could have been right. But anyway, there's a model of the house in the Powerhouse Museum, and 250,000 people have a look at it each year, and it's part of the school curriculum. So you've done much more than that, but we'll start with that. Now, you, you, uh, you bought your place for twenty three five, right? Yeah, nineteen seventy eight. And it says it's a Chippendale property. Is Chippendale a place? Yeah, it's about it's probably the smallest city in Sydney, Australia, about twenty blocks, right beside the C B D of the city of Sydney. Okay. And you've done all kinds of changes to it to make it to get it off the grid and very self sustainable and now it's valuable valued at two point two million dollars. It is, right in the heart of the city. It's only about, um, I think in your terms, it's about uh, f- five, uh, no, ten yards, I think that's right, wide and about um, 60 yards deep. So it's a really tiny, small inner city terrace. Okay. And we'll get to more details about this particular house, but overall you are trying to sell us and you're looking for a place to move, to get away from the city. Uh, because you think that, but you feel that when when push comes to shove, that the city will be a more dangerous place, and we'll talk about where you're looking to move, and and we'll we'll go through all the details. So, can you tell me more about 
everything you did to this house, we have the luxury of time and the challenges with each of the systems that you replaced. You first talked about water and sewer, correct? Was it water yeah. and sewer? Yeah. All right. So yeah. tell us about your water system yep. and how you got off the grid with water. Well, this, the background was I was the consultant to a New South Wales Parliament inquiry into the company that provides the whole of Sydney's water. And the inquiry is being told by people that you can't drink rainwater and you can't use sewage. And I grew up on a farm and I thought, that's a lot of hot air. So when we renovated the kitchen and the bathroom because we had two young kids, more or less as a childish reaction to being told I couldn't do it, I did it. And um, with two young kids, the washing machine goes every other day. And since 1996 to the moment I'm talking to you, the energy and water bills for this four-bedroom house with four people in it have never been more than 300 Australian dollars a year. And what did you do? Tell me about the water system itself. Is it a two-part water system? You do use rainwater and recycled sewage? I do, Jay. What happens is um, the rainwater from the roof goes into a concrete tank, and that is used for drinking, cooking, washing, showers, hot water. All the waste from the flush toilet, the kitchen sink and the washing machine goes to a second tank where it's treated and sterilised and recycled to flush the toilet and to wash the clothes and to hose the garden. Okay. How does that that uh, system work, the the system that repurposes sewage? Well, it's um, um, a single concrete tank with three um, smaller divisions at the end of it. Most of it takes the raw sewage from the toilet and the kitchen and so on and it just rests there. When it gets up a bit, it's transferred to three smaller tanks where air is pumped into it. And that air... It, um, aerates the water and creates an environment where little critters can live like in the human um, uh, abdomen. And those things eat up all the waste in much the same way as the little critters in our tummies break down our food. When the toilet is flushed or the clothes washing machine turns on, the water goes through two small filters about the size of a, of a couple of eskies and then it goes past an ultraviolet lamp. It's basically like a home um, fish pond where fish are swimming in their own waste and only kept alive because the water that's being recycled goes through a little filter and through past a little ultraviolet light to kill the viruses and the pathogens. Is this something you bought as a kit or did you build it yourself? Um, I bought it off the shelf. I just added the ultraviolet light. It would have been a bad look to kill the kids. So um, I worked with the state health agency to check the safety of the system. And imagine um, I'm talking to you in the centre of Sydney. It's a dirty inner city suburb. It's not very dirty, but there is pollution from trucks and cars. I worked with the state health agency and we tested the water every two weeks. And when we got it back in the lab, we compared it with the, with the um, town water. On every count, my water was cleaner. So the kids still alive. They've grown up. They were 6 and 10 then. Now they're 27 and 31. So it seems to have worked. Absolutely. How uh, how much time did it take to install it? And how much time d does it take to operate it or maintain it? 
That's a great question. So I did this in 1996. Google was born in 1998. In those days when I did it in 1996, it took me two years of going to building centres here and there. And it's just terrific now how simple it is and how cheaper it is. So what happened is after I tripped around and had a look at this and that, I got the design together. I'm not a designer, by the way, but I come off a farm and I'm used to making do. And what happened was um, we, we, we put those things in at a cost in 1996 of $26,000 for the solar panels. Now, that same system today is only $1,500, so there's been a huge drop in the price of solar panels, not just in Australia but across the world. The, the, the rain tank cost me $11,000 and the sewage system cost me $11,000. But because I don't pay any water bills, no fixed charges for sewage or water and because I'm not connected to the electricity system, the only thing I pay for is gas, which I have for a gas cooktop stove. Okay. Did you run into any uh, opposition from the city government, state government? Um, I did. In fact... I was determined to do this as simply as possible. I'm just a lazy bloke. I didn't want to be getting up and cleaning the gutters every day. I didn't want to be doing this and that. And what I did was work with builders and plumbers and others just to get the really simplest system. The most difficult thing was getting through the red tape and the council and all those other agencies. They weren't so much worried about whether it worked, they just didn't want to get any blowback, any any problems. And because it was new to them, yeah. unlike me, they had not grown up in the country. And it, I have to say the hardest thing of going off grid is not the technology, which is pretty common. It's getting all the um, getting through the red tape. Okay. Do you have a problem with the word survivalist? Because it is what you are, right? Yeah, I, I am a survivalist. I don't see myself that I'm a, I'm actually a conservative person. I practiced law for 19 years, and um, it's a tough term to hear, but people can call me whatever they like, Bradley. Well, you're, <laughs> yes, you're doing, you're making arrangements so that you can survive in, in an upcoming hostile yeah. world. Okay, yeah. you meant you got into the solar panel portion of making your home completely off the grid and sustainable. When you started 1996, the solar panel thing was new and it was really expensive and now it's not. Can you tell us again the, uh, how many in, you installed, that, the whole story of the solar panels and the, and the expense and the, ha yeah. the, the problems you incur yeah. encountered? Yeah. Um, great question. So the total cost of making the kitchen and the bathroom bigger for the four-person family was $178,000, of which $48,000 was for the water, the energy, and the recycled water systems. The solar panels that I put in were probably one of the first put in in the heart of an Australian city in 1996, and they were as rare as hen's teeth. And uh, there weren't many companies around, and they weren't very efficient, and $26,000 was enough to basically run the house except for the, the gas cook top stove. The wonderful thing is that in the 23 years since I've done it, there's now about two and a half million houses um, in Australia which have solar panels. And the price of solar panels 
that I put on from $26,000 in 1996 to $1,500 today for the same panels is just wonderful. It means that there's so much more available. And a lot of people doing it tough and a lot of people in hot areas are putting them in because you get two benefits with solar panels. But you get the energy they create for free from the sun. But they cool the house. They're like an umbrella over the roof, stopping the sun directly striking the roof. So the bedrooms in the top floors of my terrace are four degrees cooler in hot weather because of the shade the panels cast over the roof. And they're more efficient now too, right? Oh, yeah. You're so right. They they take up the same space, the new ones I got um, recently, but they're three and a half times more powerful. So they're cheaper, they're more powerful, and you can get more power on the same area of roof. How, how good is that? That is good. Any other systems that you had to... Oh, by the way, about the solar panels... Now, you're completely off the grid, so you don't sell power back to the power company, right? That's right. Initially, I did not put batteries in because they were too expensive, and I already um, had a line drawn by my wife who was really in charge of the whole project, saying, no more money on this stuff. And then um, in 2015, about, um, well, halfway through the, the period we're discussing, the price of batteries had come down and I disconnected the house from ele electricity and now I've got batteries um, in the cellar of the house and I pay no electricity and receive no payment for, for the electricity I make because I no longer export it to the main electricity grid. All right. Is, are there any other uh, off-the-grid things you've done to this particular house that you're trying to sell? Um, yes, I've... I've um, what look at what I'll just give you a longer answer if I may. Yeah. The house changed my life. I left the law and I started designing sustainable offices, units, and houses. And I did Google's new offices in Sydney, and we won the job because we reflected back Google's values. We were not the cheapest tender. Google's 53rd employee when they were born in 1998 was a chef who was passionate about fresh local food and supporting local farmers and giving healthy food in the, in the canteens. And I discovered that all the energy and the water and the pollution I saved is nothing compared to the amount of energy and water used to grow and transport and waste food. So to answer your question, the other thing we do in this house is... There's no food waste that leaves the house. There are some different systems for taking leftover food and for turning it into soil. My view is that if you feed the soil, you can feed the world. So all the leftover food goes out the front of the kitchen window where there are two voracious chooks. They eat up the leftover scraps. If there's any food still left over, I put that in some compost bins and other things. And so all the food is kept here to grow plants, which I can harvest for my own purposes. And we have in now what I've done is spread throughout the streets of Chippendale. We have a 1,000 fruit trees, herbs and plants in the roads, roads of Chippendale. Um, I walked out a couple of weekends ago and I saw somebody I'd never met, scissors in hand. He was harvesting some rosemary 
from one of our road gardens. You, you mentioned uh, chooks, C-H-O-O-K-S, that eat the scraps. Yeah. What is that? That's an yeah. Australian phrase. That's uh, their chickens. They're Australorp um, hens, and they give me an egg each day, so that's two eggs. Okay. They're clean, they're healthy. I just walk out the back and pick them up and um, get the eggs, and, of course, I give any waste food to them, and then I rake up anything they've left over, and I put it on our gardens in the streets. Okay. But it's, it's lovely, Bobby, when you walk down the street and I meet a perfect stranger, he or she is harvesting some lime tree leaves or some fruit or something. We strike up a conversation. He or she say, oh, I live around the corner. And I would never have had that conversation or connected absent those fruit trees and herbs and plants in our road verges. Now, you are designed... Prefabricated, brush-proof, fully sustainable homes that you're going to put on the market and you're looking for a new place to live, correct? Yeah. I'm okay. going to move out of Sydney, halfway between Australia's two biggest cities, Sydney and Melbourne. All right. So I want to get into some detail about that. But in the meantime, we have a a, a person up from up here in Massachusetts, Lynn, Massachusetts, who wants to chime in and maybe ask a question. I haven't really... Invited anyone to yet, but I'll do that now, 617-254-1030. If you have a question on how to be more sustainable or, if, if you want to call it, more survivalist, we have Joe and Lynn. Hi, Joe. Good morning, Jay. Haven't called in a long time. I listen on and off. Good morning to your guest. What's your guest's name? I didn't get his name. His name's Michael Mobs. Hi, Michael. Joseph here. Glad to speak with you. I need to t tell you something ask a couple questions briefly. There's a man in New Jersey that has a similar thing, but he uses batteries and he makes uh, hydrogen. Uh, I think, I don't know whether you've heard of him, Jay, it's called the Hydrogen House. Can you tell us, Michael, how you do your heat in your air conditioner? Do you do the same thing? Because what happens when the sun goes down? Like he has a bat bunch okay. of battery packs. And uh, Okay. So when the sun goes down, there are batteries in the cellar. Um, I can run the dishwasher. I can have all the usual appliances running. They're sized in their storage capacity to last four days of continual rainfall and um, that gets the house through those periods does that answer your question well how long will the batteries last he has a similar but he uses capacitors like you can have enough batteries for two weeks three weeks let's say he you have a... four days for michael okay what do you do after yeah. four days mike i think you need more <laughs> what do you do after four days uh, we, in australia's a dry country we don't get uh, much rain when we do get it it comes in a rush and the, the consistent weather history is for a maximum of four to five days. Say I get to day five or day six and it's a really long wet period, I might turn yeah. the fridge off at night because it will hold the coldness. It doesn't need to be working at night. I might turn some of the things off that are using most energy. So you have battery ba back, battery uh, packs. You can probably put more, but that's what he does. He makes hydrogen for the heat. Now, how is your heat... And do you have inverters to convert your uh, current, you know, to uh, voltages and stuff? Like here we use 120. Yeah. There you use 240 over there, 220. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we've got 240. You've got it right. So what happens is I wanted to be able to sell the house to anybody, whether or not they agreed with me. I didn't want to reduce the retail values. Joe and Lynn has questions about power and how he takes the 
power in the batteries and converts it into heat. Is that that's what I understand, right? Is that right, well, they Joe? Convert, it converts it into electric. What I'm, my question is, when he takes power from the batteries, he has to have capacitors like Mike Strisky does. Am I correct, Michael? So that it won't overload the batteries. It'll and when you charge it. It has to be done carefully. And the reason I'm asking these is because if you sell these homes, what do you do here if they have these homes in New England and the and the uh, solar panels get get uh, clogged up with snow? How do you keep them clean and them from blowing off? Do you have little heat underneath, okay. little wires? Okay. Heat? Great question. Fortunately or unfortunately, snow uh, doesn't fall in Sydney. It's a dry, hot um, yeah. part of the world. <laughs> I do have to deal with a winter, a mild winter, and a, an extremely hot summer. So there's no um, air conditioning in the house. There, the house is built with really good insulation. And because the solar panels in, in the summer stop the sun striking the, the roofs, the rooms are about four degrees cooler upstairs in summer. Because it's... Um, got lots of different rooms you can you can move from a warm part of the house in in winter to a cool part of the house in summer so it's a pretty simple house i guess a really kind or gentler climate with not big extremes in heat and cold so um all that i do with my batteries is i use that stored energy at night for clothes washing dishwashing uh computers showers and the usual things i think what joe wants to know is how would that how would that work for us up here with this wind? Uh, yes, with this Michael, winter, because here it gets hot as hell. Uh, there are people that know how to build with insulation and walls and ceiling fans and roofs that you could open. But how would you do that up here? You would have a a, lo- a difficult time. Well, it's really hot. It's just as hot down in Australia. It's hotter in Australia than here. But my question is, what about winter? And as you mentioned, Joe, the snow on the panels <clears throat> yes. and and the, and the expense, the amount of energy it takes to heat especially when there's not a lot of sun. Now, Mike, I like my temperature okay. 74, 74 in, the, in, in the summer. You're going to have to get over that. Yeah, it gets hotter. Learn to love 72. All right, 72, 74, 72. But I'm saying he can't keep it that way if it's too hot. Uh, now, Mike Strisky does have air conditioning. Jay, you may want to have him on hydrogenhouse.org. All right. Uh, he does a little uh, Okay, but we're talking about how do you, this now. Yeah, how do you do this, Mike? How, how would you do it up here with the so, vicious um, winter? It's a gentler climate. With not, It does get really hot here. Like, it gets in the 40, 40 degrees. I think that's 100 and something in your temperature. But in winter, yeah. we use this really strange creation called a jumper or a pullover. And that seems to be about as far as we need to go during the cold, the cold weather. Um, if you've got a house that's well insulated, and you do have, do have some in the Rocky Mountains in the United States. I know of some properties built there, up in the mountains, and they don't have aircon and they don't have oil burners and so on. They're just so well designed, so well insulated that they get by, and they have them in Europe as well. So what's this you jumper? Can do things yeah, what's this jumper? A jumper Mike? is a pullover. Uh, it's a cardigan. It's something that our grandmothers used to knit, and you pull it on, and it fits over your arms. And oh, it sounded like you were end. talking about putting on a. You're just saying dress more warmly. Well, you know if it. Yeah. Okay, if it's zero degrees here, which it is a lot, let's just say yeah. ten degrees here. How how warm can you expect solar panels to keep it here, and for how long? Um, there are can two, you can keep two ways it at 70, it's two, zero degrees here. 
So there are two ways that you can cool uh, both commercial and residential buildings when it's that cold. And it's more commonly done in some European countries. And as I mentioned, there's some people in the Rocky Mountains. You've got some people there called the Rocky Mountain Institute. I know that over there, they had the building so well insulated um, and in um, the, the snowy mountains of Australia where it gets down to minus 10 uh, in our, our terms, I have some clients who've got insulated their building and it stayed warm. They actually don't need a jumper in winter. It's really about just building a skin, uh, floor, walls, ceilings and roofs, which maintains the temperature and I've got a blog on my website which talks about these people in a real cold um, part of Australia where they get snow there's a photograph on there of ice on the barbed wire of the farm it's a farm in the middle of the snowy mountains so that shows you how cold it is but it also shows you with good design with good insulation windows that have got um, three panes and don't transmit the cold into the house you can achieve a house that, I guess it's a bit like an es esky or something like that. It's, it's an, another way of describing it. It's a bit like a fridge, but this time it's keeping the warmth in. So it's very it's insulation. Cold. Insulation is the answer. I, I'm going what to, about in the summer, Michael? I'm going hot. to move on, Joe. Thank you very much. Those good questions. i got to get to Frank before the break. Frank, what's up? Hello, sir. I just want to find out um, how come he doesn't use um, hyper... Hyper hydroponics growing yes farming um i haven't done that here um because i get enough food from my garden from my um road garden so uh, my garden is only about two rooms big it's a really tiny tiny inner city um terrace house but we've got all these road verges about 20 city blocks and about a thousand fruit trees, herbs and plants. And they give us a lot, but also I like to get out and talk to farmers. I get the best news I can get from farmers about the weather. They talk about how it's raining or not raining and what's happening. So I've got a, a really terrific farmer's market, 10 minutes walk. And I, I tell you, it's one of the high points of my, my week to go and talk to people who are dealing with the weather in a way that's basically... A life and death, um, or at least staying afloat financially, um, fundamentally important thing for them. And I love to talk to them, and I love to say, did you put fertiliser on this? What sort of fertiliser? We talk about the fish or whatever it is they're, they're bringing to market. And that's a wonderful way to add what I see, a richness to the food. I respect the person who grew it. I understand how they might have pickled things or something like that. So that's a long excuse for not having a hydroponic system, but I know that they're around. I've got some friends who use them, and they are a good idea. So basically, he gets uh, Frank gets enough from his garden and the farmer's market, and he enjoys going to hang out with the farmers. So why have a, so, a hydroponic? So he, he, he's not really a survivalist, then. He's more like um, in more independent, back to the old days of okay. self-sustaining. Right. I guess you're right. Because uh, if... Things really got rough. There would be no farmers. Frank, thank you no. very much. Good point. So about yeah. these prefab offices, office slash homes, 
that you have designed. Yeah. What can you tell us about yeah. those? Well, um, look, I really love Earth. I, I want to show her respect. And I've been in the building game now for a long time. Even when I was a lawyer, I specialised in building law. And I just see so much waste, Bradley. It does, does my head in. And so I'm working with a prefab builder, and we're bringing to market a house that I'll test on myself in the next six weeks. We think we can build a one-bedroom house out of recycled timber and steel and other materials, in, including the water, the sewage, and the energy, and bring it to market for 50000 Australian dollars. We're not sure of the price of a two- or three-bedroom home, but our goal is to sell on two, two bases. One is price. We want to be cheaper than building as usual. Secondly, we don't want to cut down one tree um, dig another hole in the ground. We want to use all the fabulous old timbers that are just, well, you can't get them anymore. They're 100-year-old timbers, the most beautiful, rich-looking thing to deal with. So we want to use that otherwise wasted timber and steel in our projects. Now, you're not building these, well, you're building these to make them sustainable, but you really are making them so that you can survive and be comfortable in ultra-difficult climate situations due to the coming climate catastrophe. That's it, Bradley. I'm not just running away from this stuff. I'm trying to do what I've always done, and that is to offer solutions to people I've never met, people who, I guess, rely on me and look to me for some hope and some solutions. I feel that obligation deeply. And so what I'm now uh, hoping to... Um, we'll be putting on a site about a few hours' drive out of Sydney in about four to six weeks. Once I've lived in it for a couple of weeks and checked it out myself, we'll then go into production and hopefully this product will be on the market across Australia, come off a truck, prefab. And we want to do what, what um, some of the big companies do. All these poor tradies that have got their trucks and newts full of all these tools and everything, we want to simplify the cost of being a, a trades person. We want to make it so that instead of needing a thousand tools and bits and pieces, you might need 15 or 20, not just to build it, assemble it and screw things together, but also to disassemble it. Because a lot of people who are in contact with me, their kids have gone, they're by themselves, and they've got this big house. I'd like it so that um, if we build a three-bedroom house and somebody wants to leave that house, they can say, well, <laughs> we'll take this room and that room and we'll leave this with you or we'll give them away and we'll just you could, stay here in one bedroom. You could unbolt it and sell it to someone else. That's right. You got it. Bradley, you can be in charge of sales. Okay. And again, this <laughs> is these are designed to withstand extreme heat from, from brush fires, et cetera, yeah. that you believe, and I'm not judging at all because you could be right, that within three, <laughs> three to five years, you're going to see yeah. apocalyptic conditions climate-wise. Yeah. Correct? Look, um, I grew up on a farm. I have a, a good uh, ear for people who are uh, not credible. And as I said, I was a lawyer for 19 years. I was trained to give my clients advice with which I would expect a court to agree. So I haven't come to this view lightly. People are talking about doing this and doing that. But the point is, our seasons come to us courtesy of the oceans. And how that happens is there's a big current that starts up the top of the globe 
and moves at about two to four kilometres an hour. In other words, about half a mile an hour to about three miles an hour all around the globe. And as it shifts and weaves its way, those changing currents and the speeds influence the world's weather. So my conclusion is that current is going to stop. And when it stops, the seasons will go. When there are no seasons, we won't be able to grow food. And I, I, um, there's a fabulous organisation you've got in the United States called NASA, the National Aeronautical Space Agency. They have this tremendous free app that um, is called Earth Now, and it shows what's happening, all the satellites NASA's got whizzing around the Earth. It shows the heat. It shows the moisture. It shows all the stuff that's happening across the globe. You look at that... I tell you what, you need a glass of beer with you. It's tough watching. Okay, quick question before our final break, because I have a few more questions yep. after the break, and that is, what yep. will make this this huge snaking current of in the oceans? What is going to make that stop? The um, the engine room of that current is the ice at the top of the planet at the Arctic. Very very cold water comes off that ice and goes deep down to the base of the ocean and just starts this long current. And it goes slightly warmer, slightly colder. That water coming off the Arctic is warming up because the, the ice that's there is melting. If that's, it's, I think of it as a starter motor. It starts the whole thing. And it faltered about 10 years ago. Um, but it's looking its like a drunk walking down the street. It doesn't look good, Bradley. Okay. I'm going to take a break and then talk to you about where you're planning to move, just for the heck of it. Sounds pretty interesting. It's w Now, what do you say? I look forward to your next syllable with great eagerness. Jay Talking with Bradley Jay. It's Bradley Jay. You're listening to WBZ News Radio 1030. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Do you want to talk? About what? I'm talking about my life. I'm talking about form. I'm talking about content. I'm talking about interrelationships. I'm talking about God, the devil, hell, heaven. Do you understand? Okay, talk. Jay Talkin' with Bradley J. WBZ, News Radio 1030. A few more minutes to talk with Michael Mobs. We went through his, uh, his in-city home, which is very sustainable, and off the grid. We talked about why, a little bit, why it's important to, Mike, to Michael to be off the grid. Now, you want to sell your city home for... Uh, I don't know what you're trying to get for it. You figure it's worth 2.2 mil. And two questions. Why do you want to sell? And what are the special conditions you put on the buyer? Maybe you have re removed those, but for a while there were some conditions. I want to sell because um, 
I love the thought of passing a baton to somebody who wants to experience this. Um, I did move out for a few months and I rented it to a five-person family with three young kids. So it shows it's got the capacity to deal with that sort of use. I want to sell to somebody who wants to carry on. I've had almost 30,000 people through here. I've had tours. And I had um, possibly the last tour last weekend. It was sad. The house was, I think, at about 35 people. And there was a sense of loss in, in, in myself and regret by some of the people. They said, we're sorry to see you go. And you, so you have to tours every week. You People come in your home. Yeah, about every three or four weeks. Okay. And they're, they're, the house is now part of the school teaching tour across um, um, curriculum across Australia because the idea of sustainable um, design is now mandated for teaching. And people come here with their kids or their parents and others because they want to copy it and do it. So to answer your question, I want to sell it to somebody. Um, it's a... I want to draw a line in the sand, Bradley. I want to say goodbye. It's tough. I've been here a long time. It means a lot to me. And even just saying these things, I feel a bit sad about the prospect. But it's time to let go. Sometimes you've just got to move on. And why is it you want to leave? Um, I want to leave because in times of typhoons, I heard the news about the terrible tornado that they've had at Dallas, Texas. Um, I assume that there's power and running water and the emergency services can look after people and help those who are in need. But if you've got a city of more than 4 million people such as Sydney and suddenly there's no water because the pumps aren't working, um, there's no fuel, um, there's no food, the behaviour in... Cyclone or other um, cities where things have collapsed can very quickly become uh, primal after two or three days when people have no food or water. And, so you're um, concerned. A big I'm sorry to speed things along, but you're concerned that due to uh, catastrophic climate conditions caused by climate change, like no food, that it's going to be a, a true survival situation. And in the cities, it's going to get really ugly and you want to get out. Exactly. That was a, that's a, I couldn't have said it better. Thank you. You're welcome. Do you have? Is there any way you can make the signal? The signal seems to be fading a little bit. Can you make sure the mouth? Your mouth is right by the receiver. Yeah. The, is that better? Oh, way better. Yeah. So, where oh, you gonna? Sorry. Where are you gonna go to? Well, halfway between Australia's two biggest cities, I'm in one of them, Sydney, and the other one is in Melbourne. I figure if I'm halfway between the two big population centres, I'm just that much safer. I don't think I'm going to survive in the long term because I think once the season's going, go, it's game over. But it doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor. If there's no food, then um, that's it. But I want, to have a, I want to have a sense of security, a sense of community. I want to be able to walk down the street and know that I'm in a small village of a couple of hundred people or something like that. And we'll look after each other badly. Yeah. So you'd rather kind of go out on your own terms, basically, instead of at the hand of some hungry mob in a city. Exactly. That's, I wish I'd said that. <laughs> I'd use those words. Well, you can uh, get the podcast, and you can, you can, it'll remind you of all these phrases for the future. All right. I will. I heard that you do a podcast. I'll get it down, downloaded. 
Yeah, it's called the Jay Talking Podcast. Just go to the any podcast app and search, search Jay Talking. You know, all the best to you. you. I really appreciate your sharing. I appreciate what you've done. I appreciate what you say and what you think. And I appreciate your time, Michael. Thank you so much. been great to talk to you. Thank you, buddy. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.